Okay, who's ready? Are you ready to be trained? You know, the, the Bible says that God has given uh, the church five, uh, five ministry offices, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher, and uh, they don't exist to do the work of the ministry. They exist to train and equip the church to do the work of the ministry, right? And so what we're doing is uh, for the month of July, we're having our summer discipleship training. The whole idea of this month is that we're going to spend some time in the presence of the Lord and worship and prayer like we just did. Then we're going to have a time of teaching and then a time of activation. And all of this is to train us, to equip us, to be used to be able to do the work of the ministry that God's called us to. How many of you know that all of you have a ministry? Okay, some of you knew. Did you know that you have a ministry? <laughs> Come on, say, I'm a minister. Tonight we're going to uh, do our first of our summer 2023 discipleship training. The title of tonight's teaching is Pole Fishing. Say Pole Fishing. Um, one of the first things that Jesus did when he called his disciples, can you guys remember what it was? When he first called them, he gave them a, a job, yeah, a commission. He gave them a mission. He gave them a, a purpose. He gave them a job, right? And uh, maybe you remember Matthew 4, 19. It says Jesus called out to them, come, follow me first, right? The first thing is follow Jesus. If we want to have his job, we've got to first follow him, right? But So first follow me, Jesus said, and I'll show you how to fish for people. Okay, that's what we're going to be taking a look at uh, tonight, learning how to fish for people. The job Jesus gave his disciples the job he told them they were going to have was that they were going to fish for people. And it's, it's interesting, you know, he, he used that for a reason because the disciples he, were calling, he was calling in this instance were fishermen, right? So he was connecting with them. He was saying, hey, you have a job and I'm going to give you a job too, okay? And um, I'm going to teach you how to do what you do, but you're going to do it with people. Um, and... You know, tonight what I want to take a look at is how we should fish for the people that are right around us, right? Um, and, you know, I was, as I was thinking about this, I was just kind of pondering this about myself, about the people that I've discipled through the years. Um, this is my 25th year in ministry, so I've been around the block uh, a couple of times. I've experienced a lot of different things. And one of the things I've noticed is that a lot of Christians do this, myself included, okay? And that is this. Because of looking at the greatness of the harvest, we overlook the people that are right in front of us. Because we're looking at how big the harvest field is, we can sometimes unintentionally overlook, right, the people right around us, right in front of us. And you know, we miss the neighborhood pond for staring at the ocean. We miss the neighborhood pond for staring at the ocean. So let's talk a little, a little bit about the difference between net fishing and pole fishing. Any fishermen or fisherwomen out there? Okay, anybody know how to fish? Does, it, does everybody know what a fishing net is? How about a fishing pole? Okay, well the difference between net fishing and Pole fishing is that with a net, you know, it, it, 
the, the, the fishermen will take the, the net, t- typically t- between two boats, actually, and they'll throw it out, and then they'll drag it, and then they'll bring it up, and it will bring up all kinds of fish, lots of them, hopefully. <laughs> That's the goal, right? That the net will bring up lots of fish at one time. So it's kind of like this mass fishing uh, technique. Thank you. But pole fishing is what? One at a time. One at a time. Okay? Anybody ever been net fishing? I've been, I've been net shrimping. Same idea. Okay? Shrimping. Okay? Pull up a lot of shrimp. Okay? I've, uh, for the most part, been pole fishing, though. So pole fishing is one at a time. It's bait. Throw it in. One fish at a time. Right? And it requires lots of? Patience, very good. Lots and lots of patience. And, you know, there's, there's, a, there's something to net fishing for people, for the kingdom. They're, 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 that's a part of it. We definitely do that type of fishing for people. There are times when we do big outreach events or crusades or uh, hopefully sometimes in our services, you know, many people at one time will come in to the kingdom um, you know, what, what we want to see happen in our net meetings, our, our uh, you know, encounter women, encounter men, loud youth, wake, Spanish, kids. When we gather together, hopefully, at times, many at, at the same time will come to Jesus. But when, when it's about just our daily life, which is the way most people are going to get one to Jesus, okay, it's pole fishing. Come on, say pole fishing. It's one at a time. Come on, tell your neighbor. One at a time. Now tell your other neighbor, you got to be patient. Come on, tell somebody else, paciencia. Very good. You know, this isn't the first time over the past year or so, you know, uh, different Different ones of us have alluded to this, but you guys remember um, the rich man and Lazarus, right? Remember that story Jesus told, that parable about the rich man who was, uh, you know, it's a picture of, of death, really. But the rich man, he's been rich his whole life, but he didn't help other people and he didn't serve the Lord. And he's in torment. He's in hell, right? And Lazarus was a, was a poor old man uh, who was sick. Uh, and, 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 and he, he, it says that he begged at the rich man's door or his gate, right? And so Lazarus is in paradise and the rich man is in flames, right? And there's this kind of interesting interaction, you know, the rich man wanting to, somebody to go tell his relatives about this so that they don't come here to come to hell and all this. And you know, it, it says something very interesting. Um, God tells the rich man that you had Lazarus at your gate all these years and you ignored him. You didn't help him, right? And so it's so important that we don't ignore who's at the door. Come on, say, I will not ignore who's at my door. 
We have to be careful as Christians who believe in the great harvest and we see, you know, the harvest is great, but the laborers are few. And we have our eyes on the big field that's white, that's full, that's full, that's ready, right? Or the big ocean full of fish when in reality there's somebody right at our door. And yes, we're going to go to the big ocean and cast the net. Come on, that's why we do missions and and crusades, and that's why we do outreach events and stuff like that. And we're going to always do that. But Jesus told his disciples that the Holy Spirit was going to come on them and give them power. And he said the first place they would be his witnesses was where? Jerusalem. That's right. Eventually to the ends of the earth, but the first place was Jerusalem, right, right at their gate, right at their door. Come on, say it again. I will not ignore who's at my door. So we don't need to miss the neighborhood pond for staring at the ocean. Because that, you know, the big harvest and the ocean and all the fish out there, it's easy to get enamored with that idea and then do nothing. I mean, way too many of us do that. We're enamored with the idea of the great harvest that's going to come into the kingdom. But the reality is, our part, for the most part, is the person that's right in front of us. Are the people that are right around us. So, who or where are the primary people Jesus calls us to fish for? The primary ones, not the only ones, but the primary ones. Those who are right around us, all right? So I'm going to give you tonight four types of people we should be fishing for all the time, okay? Four types of people that we should be fishing for all the time as a part of our lifestyle. Not a mission trip, not an outreach event, but a part of our daily, weekly lifestyle okay and i'm going to give you three of them out of john chapter one okay let's go to john 1 35 through 49 are we ready we have it on the screen for you all right you know the drill when i pause you read it ready the following day john that is john the baptist was standing with two of his disciples as Jesus walked by John looked at him and declared look there's the lamb of God look at there John is evangelizing okay pointing people to Jesus when John's two disciples heard this they followed Jesus Jesus looked around and saw them following what do you want he asked them they replied rabbi which means teacher where are you staying What did Jesus say? Come and see. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to the place where he was staying. They remained with him the rest of the day. Let's jump to Andrew. This is verse 40. All right. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, all right, brother, was one of the men who heard what John had said and followed Jesus. Okay, so Andrew was one of the two disciples of John the Baptist, right? 
and he was Peter's what? Brother, okay? Andrew went to find his brother, Simon, or we later know him as Peter, and told him, we found the Messiah. There he is evangelizing, all right? We found the Messiah, which means Christ. Then, read the next phrase, Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Brothers, right? Looking uh, intently at Simon, Jesus said, your name is Simon, son of John, but you'll be called Cephas, 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 which means Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found, he what? He found him. Means he was looking for him, right? He found Philip and said to him, come follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, Andrew and Peter's hometown, okay? Philip went to look for Nathaniel and told him. Here comes evangelism again. We found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nazareth, exclaimed Nathaniel. Can anything good come from Nazareth? Come and see for yourself, right? Philip replied. As they approached, Jesus said, Now here's a genuine son of Israel, man of complete integrity. How do you know about me? Nathaniel asked, and Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. Then Nathaniel's eyes got about this big. And he exclaimed, Rabbi, you're the son of God, the king of Israel. Okay. The first three types of people that we should be fishing for as a part of our lifestyle. Number one, well, let me give you all three, okay? And then I'll go through them. Followers, family, and friends. Followers, family, and friends. First are followers. Uh, what is a follower? You say, I don't really have any followers. And I don't necessarily mean Facebook followers or anything like that. I mean, those included. But followers, when I say followers, I mean anyone you have any type of influence over. Anyone in, in whose life you have any type of influence. In this case, in the scripture in John 1, it was John the Baptist who pointed his followers to Jesus. Right? John the Baptist pointed them to Jesus. He, he had these disciples. He had influence over them. Okay? And he told them to follow Jesus. So the question is, where do you have influence? Where do you have any type of influence? Work? School? Society, a club, a team, okay? Where do you have any type of influence? Who are the people that you have any, even a little bit of tug, of pull in their life? Maybe you're somebody's boss at work. Maybe, maybe you're just a leader on the job and people look up to you. Maybe at school you're in some sort of place of influence. Maybe in, I don't know, in your neighborhood. Maybe you're the HOA dude. I don't know, but... Maybe you're in, 
education or government or something where you have influence. Okay? Who are your followers? Who are people that you have influence over? Look at me. Fish there. Come on, tell your neighbor, fish there. Number two, family. Family. Okay, let's jog our memory. Who got Peter? Andrew, his brother. That's right. His brother, Andrew, got Peter. It says he brought Peter to Jesus. Sometimes you just got to bring people, right? So what do I do? How do I, how do I get people? How do I tell people about Jesus? Well, sometimes just bring them. Bring them to your group. Bring them to church. I don't know. Just bring them. Bring them to Jesus. It says that he brought Peter to where Jesus was, okay? So this is very simple, okay? Family is inescapable, <laughs> right? Family, as in, obviously, spouses that don't know Christ, children that may not know Christ. Some of your parents don't know Christ. Uh, cousins, aunts, uncles, grandparents, nephews, nieces. Family is pretty much inescapable. So look at here. They shouldn't be able to escape from your testimony. They shouldn't be able to escape from the good news that we live and share. Come on, say family. Fish there. <laughs> All right, followers, family, and friends. Number three, friends. Who brought Nathaniel? Philip. Who was Philip? They grew up together. They were both from Bethsaida, right? They were from the same hometown. They were from the same town and probably grew up together okay they definitely knew each other because they went to get him <laughs> they were friends who are your friends i'm not talking family i'm not talking just i mean maybe some of your followers the people you have influence over maybe they're your friends but i'm not even just let's set those aside for a minute just your friends maybe people that grew up with you that knew who you were <laughs> before jesus right you got any friends that knew you BC? Okay. How about new friends? Any new friends that you've made lately? I think a good question that all Christians ought to ask, we ought to ask ourselves is, do I even have any friends that don't know Jesus? Do I even have any? If not, make friends. You know, Jesus said something about that. Do you guys remember what he said about making friends for eternity and they'll welcome you there? Anybody remember that? Use your earthly treasures, your earthly possessions, your resources to make friends for eternity, for heaven, and they'll welcome you there. He's talking about making friends to get them to heaven and we're, we'll be there together, right? We should always have some friends that are not Jesus people yet. Yet. Come on, say followers, family, friends. How about a bonus? Number four, 
is fellows. You know, with my iterations, you had to have four Fs. All right. Fellows. What do I mean by fellows? This is just anyone that you do something together with for a cause, right? Like co-workers. You're just together in life. Co-workers, classmates, teammates, if any of you are on any sort of team, sports team or any other kind of team, teams at school, uh, group projects. (laughs) Most of us have a job and work with other people, right? Or at least go to school with other people. Is anybody in a club? Any sort of club? Very good. Any, anybody in any sort of interest group? No? Don't have to run. You might want to get in one. I love how, 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 how Pastor Deanna just decided she wanted to get in with the police. Why? Some more fellows. <laughs> and we, we all got fellows in our life, right? Fellow coworkers, fellow classmates, fellow teammates. Anybody we're together with in some, some place for something, okay? They are our fellows. Now, let me give you a scripture for this. Maybe you can remember, you know, what we read in John, but who was the disciple that went after his fellows right away? Like, right away. Matthew. That's right. Matthew went after his fellows. So Mark 2. It's funny that Matthew's story is in Mark, but it is. Okay, Mark 2. Jesus went out to the lake shore again and taught the crowds that were coming to him. As he walked along, he saw Levi, or Matthew, son of Alphaeus, sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. Remember, first you got to follow Jesus, right? So Levi got up and followed him. Later, again, almost immediately, it seems, just like with the fishing for people thing. Later, Levi invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors, his fellows. That's what he was. He was a tax collector. He invited his co-workers over. And other disreputable sinners, his friends, his fellows were not necessarily of the best reputation, right? Jesus didn't seem to mind. In fact, later we read that Jesus loved that. People got mad, religious people got mad at him because he seemed to spend a lot of time with that kind of scum, they called him. Right? Man, I'm glad Jesus saved scum. Am I the only one that's glad that Jesus saved scum? But he didn't mind hanging out with somebody like me? Fellows, sometimes we ought to just do a party for people that are just in our life somehow, that are just fellow mates, right, of some sort. In our life. Like recently, last weekend, at Colette's house with Loud Youth, they just 
decided to invite neighbors over to eat hot dogs? Because they have a lot of teenagers there. And they came. Did you know any of them? Now you do. But Colette knew them. They're fellow neighbors. Last night we had a really awesome uh, privilege to meet a ton of our neighbors that we'd never met before because of 4th of July. Uh, it was like, almost like an impromptu fireworks party. And they just started coming out. We got to meet people that we'd never met and connect with them and connect our kids. And what? They're, they're our fellows. They're just our neighbors, right? we not really friends yet, but, but they're in our neighborhood. They're our fellows, right? They're part of the same HOA. <laughs> Come on, say fellows. All right. Turn to a neighbor and say, followers, fish there. Turn to another neighbor and say, family, fish there. Turn to another neighbor and say, friends, fish there. And turn to one more and say, fellows, fish there. <laughs> 